This is Dave Murray, who is the director of the food bank and a few other things as well through Abbotsford Community Services. I want you just to share your capacity, what you do, some of the outreach or ministry that the food bank or the community services has. And this is Lyndon who works with them. Well, first of all, I want to say uh, good morning and uh, thank you for being here uh, and allowing us to be here this morning. Um, enter they said that you entertained them. Uh, how does this happen at the warehouse? Can you explain that to me? I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> this is news to me. How long have you been at the food bank, Lyndon? I've been there 11 years, going on 12. So it's a, it's a long time, and it's a, a joyful time. Uh, you, uh, you manage the warehouse for us, and uh, you have the privilege of uh, receiving all of this food. And uh, how many volunteers do you work with uh, during the year? I work with over 200 groups through the year, which converts into about 4,000 volunteer hours. So it's, it's a lot. <laughs> what, what are your biggest challenges? The biggest challenge is, number one, trying to fit everybody in, you know, who wants to come all the time at Christmas time and not the rest of the year. <laughs> so, and then trying to make sure that we, we get everything that we need straightened out you know, at a, a great time, you know, or getting the, the things that we need in, you know, say rice when we're low or say pasta sauce or just a few of the, the things that may not come in when we need it and then keeping our other volunteers happy when they see that we don't have certain items that we need for our hampers and just saying, just, just relax, the Lord's going to provide. So Lyndon and Melissa accepted the Lord in our house, actually, uh, doing premarital counseling. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to say publicly this morning that I, that's so special to me is that uh, now uh, he comes into my office and he will, he will pray for me now. And... Um, So I want, I want to say to you, Lyndon, and say to the rest of the people in your church that, uh, that we love you and uh, we appreciate all the work that you do. And if you do not know this, uh, Lyndon is legally blind, but he can see what he can see, whatever that is. And uh, he, no depth perception. But he does crazy stuff that uh, we won't get into this morning, like driving the forklift. <laughs> and, and, and other things. <laughs> but uh, he's not supposed to do those things, so let's keep that here. But I just want to say that uh, probably the most special thing for me about you is that, yeah, you, this year, at least on two or three occasions that I remember really distinctly, you've come in and prayed for me, and um, that means more than anything that we can share Jesus together. And uh, it's it's more than the food or the food bank or all the stuff we do. It's that you're a brother in Christ, and I love you. Yeah. That's appreciative. Yeah. It, it really it means a lot 
because Dave actually helped me and Melissa find a great church as well. So, okay, thanks. Now, I, w I was a pastor for 22 years, so but I and I know it's really bad. I don't want to take any of Pastor Nelson's time. Um, but uh, I just want to say a couple things, if I may. Uh, Pastor David said, now is the moment you, that you've been craving for all week. What, a, what an awesome line that is. That is so magnificent of, of a way to come into church and to think about that. And, and I just want to kind of build on that just for a sec. When people come to the food bank, they, they are weary. And uh, they're weary because for some of them, they, they, they have no clue how they're going to feed their kids. Uh, for others, they, 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 have, they have some food, but they, they don't have enough food. And so they come for an emergency uh, hamper. And the Bible says we're not to worry or we're not to fret. But I know that thousands of people come every month to the food bank who worry and fret about where they're going to get their food to, to feed their children. And one of the saddest things that we have to deal with every single week is knowing that uh, hundreds of kids in our school system and hundreds of kids in our community, actually over 7,000 kids in our community live in poverty and over 400 kids every single week will not come to school with food on Monday morning because their parents haven't been able to feed them. And uh, there's something very tragic and very worrisome about that. But the Bible tells us, don't, don't worry and don't fret. And so that leads to a second thing that I want to say is, you as a church, as Lyndon said, you are a great church. You, know, you may not feel like it in terms of numbers. You, might, you may not feel like it in terms of uh, what, you, what you want to accomplish, but I want to say that this church is making an unbelievable impact, not only in the kingdom, but our community. And, and, and two things about that that I need to tell you that are really important for you to receive and be blessed by is you always give your best. You always give your best. There's no outdated food sitting down here. It's, it's all new. It, it's all your best. And I think God is going to honor you for that and will and does honor you. The second part of that is not only do you, do you give your best, you give extravagantly. And I want you to know that the uh, the wonder of the bicycles from last spring still goes on to this day. They're still talking about it. They're still asking about it. And the kids are still being blessed every time they get onto those bikes and ride wherever they ride. And so God is doing a great thing because of your extravagant generosity. Do you believe that? Do you, you look kind of... Stoic about that today, you know. Um, and just a personal thing. 
every time I come here, which is not often, um, something happens in my soul. And, and I feel like my spirit is, comes alive. As soon as I, I come on this property, it's, there's something very, very spiritual about this. And so I'm personally grateful for you, grateful for this church, and uh, Lyndon and I, on, on behalf of uh, all that we do at the food bank, uh, uh, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And so if you don't know anything ab about us, well, you can ask Lyndon, he'll tell you all about us, but <laughs> uh, I don't want to take any more of your time, but just thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your love, and uh, Oh, Wendy's got something to say. So. No? Ah, okay. Uh, the, new, the newest wrinkle at the food bank is a program called Say Yes. And uh, it is a program for people with disabilities. And uh, so we, uh, we started it last spring, a little pilot project. And so we... Uh, We've always had people with disabilities come to the food bank and volunteer. We have about, about 12 on a regular basis. So now we decided that God, God kind of directed us and guided us that we're going to do something more. And so we, we hired four more people with disabilities uh, to share a full-time job. Uh, and they work uh, one day a week, these four individuals, and they, they share this full-time job. And uh, they do a, a variety of projects around the food bank for us. And uh, uh, they get paid better than minimum wage, better than minimum wage for what they're doing. And then the, the third thing with that that we started is we started a, a drop-in for people with disabilities. And so every afternoon from uh, 1 o'clock to uh, 3 o'clock, uh, we have a drop-in at the Church of the, the Nazarene. And uh, we use uh, a part of their facility. And... Uh, God is blessing that great. And so they come and they drink coffee and they play foosball and they, they, they have some time on the computer if they want or they just sit around and talk and uh, we have a great time together with them. So uh, that's the newest wrinkle of, uh, in the dream that we, that we do. So um, is that okay? Did I do good, Winks? <laughs> All right. All right, I want to take a couple minutes and we're going to give to the food bank. Amen? So, so if you can uh, grab your wallet, and if you've got a check, you can write it to the church, and the church will get the funds to the food bank. Um, so if you want to put something in the envelope or a check, you can write it to the church, Solid Rock Church, and we will um, make those funds get the check to the food bank. Amen. Ushers, why don't you come forward? Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would just stretch the dollars that are given today. Stretch all this food that's here. Multiply it. Increase it. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Yep. Hallelujah. And before we 
pass to Pastor Nelson. I we're going to just come forward and we're going to just put our hands on this food and we're just going to bless it. So if you've given, why don't you just come forward? We don't want to, yeah. So once you've given, if you could come forward and let's just lay our hands on this food. And I'd love everyone to participate. Amen. You can come around up on the stage, but physically put your hands on some food. Lay some, lay your hands on it. Don't be shy. There's room up here. We can come up. Cleo, you can come up this way, sweetheart. Jared, Adrian, you guys can come up this way by Cleo. You guys can lay hands by Pastor Nelson. Amen. And we just want to pray increase and multiplication over this food. Amen. It's going to go into a bin at the food bank. And that that bin would just keep multiplying and multiplying and multiplying like the oil. Amen. Divine multiplication. And that as this food, as you're laying hands on it, as this food goes into these homes, that it would multiply in their home. It would stretch farther. It would meet the needs. It would bless that Jesus, you would be made known in every household where this food goes. You would be made known in every household that this food goes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that you would give them a revelation of your love, a revelation and a picture of you and what you have done for them. Lord, I just ask you to bless this food in your name. We bless this food in your name. We just decree multiplication over it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray for strength for every food bank worker. Lord, during this season, that you would give them strength and vitality. Lord, you would give them extra patience and kindness. Lord, that they would always have something in their hand to bless someone with. Lord, we just thank you for them in our community, Lord. And we ask you to bless them abundantly this next year, Lord. Everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, the person who's actually looking up into the sky there um, you have your glasses on your head. Come here. It's you. You got your glasses on your head? That's you. <laughs> I forget names. I want to give you this $10 bill. I know it's not much. Um, but I just felt the Lord tell me to give this away and illustrate something. Thank you. Um, when the Bible talks about communion with the Holy Spirit, uh, it's the same word that Paul used in Corinthians when he talked about giving. Uh, 
And it has to do with the idea of joint participation. And so the communion of the Holy Spirit means to come into participation with him in relationship and in function. So wherever you spend that money, I have a part of it. And Paul in his, uh, in Corinthians talks about uh, the communion of the Holy Spirit, sharing what is in common. I gave you something that's in common with all of us. And he gives us something that's in common with God himself. And he releases and he becomes a joint participation. We become joint participators with him in what he has given us. Am I making any sense? You see, communion is more than just a ceremony. It's a way of life. It's an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that causes us to be open to participate in what he is doing in carrying out the kingdom work. It is him who carries out the work through us. It's not really our work. It's his work. By the way, Dave, not that Dave, but that Dave, you're still a pastor. You said you were a pastor. No, you're still a pastor. God's gifts don't quit. And you have a pastor's heart. And I'd like you to teach some homiletics because if I could get my sermon on a little card like that, that would really be good. <laughs> Everybody would rejoice. I have five pages. And I thought, he's going to preach from a card? And the other David, meaning you, Pastor, um, the Lord spoke to me while I was during worship time, and he says, he says, the Holy Spirit has a passion to carry out the kingdom in the earth. And he has put a passion in you, and you're to expect it greatly. And you're to be open to it because some of it's not going to fit what you think or how you think it will happen. Also, um, Bradley and Veronica, you are with child. You're with child. Not going to be. See, that's joint participation with the Spirit. I'm only doing what the Holy Spirit told me to do. I'm not doing this out of my own mind. In other words, I'm in communion with him. And there's something about that relationship that allows the Holy Spirit to open up other people's lives to you. That's what makes us effective. The theme this morning was, as the Holy Spirit was moving, the theme this morning was, and, and it came across kind of like this. It's been a week of desperation for some of you. Desperation is only realized in humanity, but never in divinity. 
And in our desperation, we feel the weakness of our humanity. We feel the frailty of our humanity. We feel the inability of our humanity, which basically is to give us a revelation that we really can't make it on our own. Are you there? You can't make it on your own. And desperation sets in because of our humanity, which actually reveals to us our frailty, our weaknesses, and our inabilities. But in the Christ that lives in you, there is no disaster. There's no inferiority. There is no sense that something cannot be achieved. And they are polar opposite to each other. It's, if you take two magnets, and I forget how they work, do the positives draw together or do they disperse? All right. Thank you, sir. We just got an education in magnetism. Inherent in the magnet is that which attracts or repels. It's always there. It's just like the inherent characteristics of the Holy Spirit. People are either repelled by him or drawn to him. One or the other. And sometimes the inherent characteristics of the Holy Spirit is who he is. And, and I want to just explain this for a moment because we talk about receiving the power. We talk about the divine ability to do things. But I want to describe to you a little bit about this divine power, if I may. Because we kind of read the word, but we really don't grasp the immenseness of the word and its meaning, its effect. And so the word power, you shall receive power. It doesn't mean you're going to earn it. She received a $10 bill she did not earn. I became a, a joint participation with her in whatever she's going to spend it on. So when we gave to the food bank, this food when we gave the money, we become joint participants in their ministry. We become part of what they do, even though we're not there. That's amazing. That's am and God has the ability to take this and then end up with having baskets left over. Because in him is the inherent power of who he is that never changes, never gets discouraged, never is despondent, always victorious, always. God is never defeated. And so we receive this power divine strength and power and ability. He is inherent, integral power residing in you 
by the virtue of his nature. Meaning, all-knowing, all-powerful, eternal, never-ending. By nature of who he is, is who we receive. It's the nature of who he is. He's not just a power. He is a person that has a voice that will speak to you. Inherently speaking, he is he is perpetual divine ability living in you. I'll say that again. He is the perpetual. He is inherently speaking in him. In other words, he is perpetual. He is the perpetual divine ability living in you. In other words, he never stops and never sleeps. He's always perpetual. He's more than the ever ready battery. Oh, the last couple of three weeks, I've been really stressed out. Just because of what my mom's going through. But inherently speaking, <laughs> I'm sitting at home, and the Lord says to me, if you would see what I see, you would not be discouraged. If you would know what I know, you would not be in despair. And... Uh, <laughs> He knew exactly where I was, but he also knew exactly what to say to me. And so I'm endeavoring to see what he sees. Because if we see what he sees, not, there's no despair. Divinely speaking, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about humanly speaking, because humanly speaking, we live in our emotions of humanity. We live in the thoughts of humanity. We live in the disability of of humanity actually solve a problem. We really do. I can't solve my mom's problems. I can't take away her dementia. God can. But I can't. Through him I could. But in myself I can't. And there lies the despair. And, and all of us face this. We all face this life. In such manner. At one time or another. But it doesn't change who he perpetually is. Am I making any sense? He is the inseparable, attached, and connected divinity and manifestation of the kingdom in your life and strength. He is. He is perpetually attached and connected to divinity and manifests the kingdom in your life and through you. That's who he is. You see, we have to see the power of God as an inherent power of who he is, not just a power, but it's actually who he is. So, for instance, on creation, 
he hovered over the waters. He hovered over chaos and emptiness. And God in his divine ability called forth the earth out of the waters and into existence and fruitfulness. Because that's who he is. And I think sometimes our feeble mind tries to bring divinity into humanity on our level and think like us. He doesn't think like we do. He thinks in magnitude ways. He thinks in accomplished ways. He never thinks in a failure way. Never. Because he never fails. He is perpetually a success. I'm just describing to you the power, what it means. This is the Greek meaning of what it means. Uh, he is inseparably attached to you because he lives in you. He is the divine ability, the inherent right of people to live in liberty and protection. He is. He is the dispenser of divine truth. For instance, this morning, divine truth came, spoke to Pastor David, revealed to him that he was doing something here. And he did it. You see, when God manifests, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, faith comes with it and it happens. God doesn't say something and then, oh, I'm sorry, it failed. No. You see, when we open up our hearts to the Holy Spirit, we're opening up to a dimension that sometimes we don't grasp it. And without the Spirit talking to you about what he was doing, we would have never known it. But you came into agreement with it, and, and because we come into agreement with what he's doing, we see it. And you might say, well, why are you telling us all this? Because I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to understand who he is and how he works. Principles without the Holy Spirit is just dead life. He is the divine ability, the inherent ability for you to function in miracle working power. He is. He is. The immensity of God can never be measured by man. We have theologies that try to describe him, and we end up short all the time. Because we don't, his thoughts are higher than ours, and his ways are higher than our ways. In other words, they're beyond us. Except that he's willing to reveal them to us and walk with us in them. But the Holy Spirit 
Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And you will absolutely be witnesses unto me. It doesn't mean witnessing of him. I believe this is what it means. It means that he's going to give you the ability to talk about what Jesus can do for somebody. Not what you can do. See, what you possess is who he is. And who he is is what people need. So when Peter said to the man, he says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I'm going to give you. It wasn't who, what, who he had of himself. It's who he had in him and upon him. He offered him that. And he took the man by the hand. I think that's very, I think that's very, very truthful. It's a detail that's in scripture. He took him by the hand and he lifted him up. He says, rise up and walk. In other words, the power flowed through his hands, divine ability that he had went through like this and boom, the guy had it and he walked. And he's leaping around and everybody's trying to figure out how it happened. I told uh, somebody the other day, I'm going to preach a sermon on I don't know. How were the heavens made? I don't know. When did the angel come into Israel? I don't know. How did the devil choose to fall? I don't know. Well, we have, we have scripture there, but what went through his head when he was up there? Who knows? I think a sermon on I don't know would be really good. He is the dispenser of divine truth. I don't think we quite grasp, I don't think I quite grasp that truth. Because Jesus, this is what Jesus said. He will lead you into all truth. Let me say this. We have not experienced all truth. And the moment we formulize something, we've already done it only in part because we only understand in part. We don't know everything. And there are things that are going to happen here that are not going to make any sense to you. Because how God meets some people doesn't make any sense at all. I've seen this in the revivals I've gone to. I've seen people being set free from all kinds of things. I interviewed them. I talked to them. And, and it's like, wow. Nobody prayed for them. By the way, I got healed last Sunday. I never asked for it. I wasn't even thinking about it. But I couldn't close my hands like this. And I'm standing there going like this. And my wife's wondering what's wrong with me. Because I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't even conscious that it happened. I was just going to clench my fist and say, yes, Lord. And I thought, oh, there's no pain. Amen. Just in his presence. Amen. Figure that out. Forget it. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> How important for us to know Jesus asked the Father 
to send the Holy Spirit. It's the answer to his prayer, not the suggestion of our theology. It's the answer to his truth. And it's not an error. And somehow we have taken the eternal being and eliminated some of his gifts, eliminated some of his power, eliminated some of the things he does. Oh, he doesn't do that no more. Really? And in our doctrines, we've changed who God really is. You know what? And a lot of people, that's all they expect. You know what? That's all they get to. I think it's a shame. It's a shame to put God in an inferior mode and say, this doesn't happen anymore. It's almost like, oh, part of God doesn't exist no more. He just kind of set it aside. He doesn't do that anymore. That is a pile of baloney. And that's round steak that doesn't taste too good when it's cooked. <laughs> you can tell that I have a passion about this. He's the dispenser of divine truth. Amen. The government and superiority of his being is absolutely necessary. The government, the government and superiority of his being is absolutely necessary. We need to yield to the government of God. We need to yield to the ambassador that has been sent here to carry out the words of the covenant through our life. It's necessary. His government is necessary. His ability is necessary. His words are necessary. His results are necessary. Everything is necessary. Don't. I don't know how to say this. If the word says it, don't diminish it. Let me give you one that's really, I think, diminished greatly. In Isaiah, it says, by his stripes you are healed. In Peter, after the cross, the resurrection, in Peter it says, by his stripes you were healed. Well, I don't know if he wants to heal me. Really? You're diminishing truth. You are saying that that verse is not really true for you. You're believing a lie. Because it's truth. Do we see the scripture as truth or just error? Do we see it as truth forever or just for a moment of time? Truth is truth. And if it says it, believe it and ask God for it and he'll give it to you. We think funny. He doesn't think the way he thinks. You know how God thinks? 
he thinks of what he said. And that's what he said about healing. By his stripes, you were healed. It's done. It's a past tense thing. Right? And he just showed it to me last Sunday. Stress has a way of affecting us physically. But God undid that thing. Sovereignly, without me even knowing it. God will do something for you even though you don't even know about it because you believe it. Because you believe, you receive. Because what you believe is what you get. And if you question truth, you will get nothing. Because you're, by questioning truth, you're denying the reality of it. And when you deny the truth, you deny your reality. And you live in a different reality. Your own. And so the Holy Spirit is this inherent power that has come in us and upon us. And he is the divine power who performs miracles. The Holy Spirit has not gone to bed and said, wake me up when you need something. He is always aware of what we need, always. He is always aware of what Jesus performed on the cross and who bought the price to actually have it done. Jesus did it. And he is here bearing witness of what he did as to become your reality. He is every believer's moral power and excellence of soul. He is. He has the vision and resources of the Father and the Lord's finished work. He has those things in his heart to carry out. And he's looking for people who will say, here I am. His power involving and resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. And this is how the Father sees his church. He doesn't see us as being defeated. He sees us as an army that goes forth and takes land and conquers things. He sees us as a host that represents the God of heaven on earth. This is part of the definition of the word power. It's a power that rests on armies. He, God is trying to tell us something by the definition. Listen, I'm like the power that rests on armies that goes to destroy the enemy. Annihilate them. Well, some of our enemies are like sickness. Poverty. This here that we give right here is an awesome offering of power to those who can't achieve something and produce something. Because the Spirit of God rests upon us, we can do this. Because He blesses us. So we can bless others. 
and enable them to have something they can't quite get. You see, we become part we become partitioners or participators in the kingdom of God on the earth through the natural things and the spiritual things of life. Is that brief enough, Pastor? I forgot the introduction, went straight to the point. So let me conclude now with the points. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding you. I want to reiterate what I said last Sunday. The Holy Spirit fulfills and teaches the teachings of Jesus. If you want to know what's expected of you, read the Gospels. Read them as your instruction. Because the Holy Spirit will make those real to you. He'll carry them out through your life. But here's what I do when I get in this prayer. Well, I don't think, you know what, I don't even want to go on today. Like, it's like, sometimes I get so desperate, I just want to get lost somewhere and disappear. It's true. I do. And I thank God that he doesn't allow me to stay there. Because if we, if I lived in the weakness of my humanity, I will walk a life of defeatedness every day. It doesn't mean that we're never discouraged. Because in our humanity, we do get discouraged. But in divinity, there is no discouragement. There is no inability. And you, what I have learned is this. My despair teaches me who I don't want to be. Really. I apologized to my wife the other day. I said, I'm really sorry. I mean, we got over a stupid argument about the Bible. And it was just simply this. She was raised in a Christian home, and when she reads something, she sees it from her perspective. When I read it, I don't see that perspective. I see a perspective from where I came from. I walked in sin. That's number one. Number two was that I was in a church that preached sin every message. That's all I ever heard. So I was always guilty. Now when I read the Bible and see the text they use, and I study it, and I'm thinking, they didn't have a right to even say that. It caused me great despair. You know why? Because I was never good enough. It's almost as though, my conclusion was this, it's almost as though they wanted you to get the flesh saved when you're actually supposed to put it to death. Remember that. You can, the flesh is not subject to the law of God and neither can be. So stop trying to get it to submit to the word because it won't. You submit to the word. The new creation submits to the word. The flesh will never. So stop trying to get the flesh saved. Because it can't be. Walk in who you are. Ignore the flesh. There's freedom in that. How did I get off on that? Good Lord. 
Oh, yeah, right. The Holy Spirit fulfills the, the teachings of Jesus. So I must believe what he said. And here's one of the things he said. Whom the Lord has set free is free indeed. Oh, I like that. And when we get in despair, let me say this to you. When we get into despair, who he is in you is not despairing at all. Because he's free from it. The Holy Spirit opens your life to your divine future. I'm going to close with these points. The Holy Spirit opens your life to divine future. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be. That's your divine future. The Holy Spirit will open the cities. You know, we believe that the Holy Spirit wants to open Abbotsford up. Come on. He does. He says, you'll be in Jerusalem first. God wants us to be in Abbotsford. Witnesses unto him. Because we have the inherent power to do so. It really describes the importance of the Holy Spirit. This is in the same verse. He said, you'll receive power and this is what you're going to do. You're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. Oh, we're going to be witnesses unto him in Abbotsford. Amen? Come on. Let's come into agreement with the word. We're going to be witnesses unto him in Abbotsford. I walked into Timmy's the other day. I was walking over to Timmy's. It was raining. I had my umbrella. And this guy says to me, good morning. And I said, good morning. I said, it's kind of wet today. Yeah. He says, bless you. And I said, oh, bless you too. And he's the guy that told two ladies, don't ever swear because he's a pastor. This is in Timothy's, right? So I'm becoming known there. Not because I preached, but just because of who I am. I don't know why he said that to them. All I know is he said, bless you. I says, bless you too. This takes me off on a different track. I can't go there. The Holy Spirit will open up cities. You will be my witnesses in Abbotsford. Do you, you receive that? You will be. He doesn't say you might be. He said you will be. Listen, if you walk in the certainty of the leading of the Holy Spirit, God is going to open people's lives to you. You're going to see them the way he sees them, and you're going to speak to them what he wants to say. And guess what? We're going to be witnesses in Abbotsford. You look amazed. He opens the cities. He says the Holy Spirit opens nations in Judea, in Samaria. He opens up the whole world. The Holy Spirit opens up nations. The Holy Spirit opens up the whole world to all the ends of the earth. 
Your daughter goes to the ends of the earth. God asked her to. I'll give you one last thing. He will help you focus on what Jesus said for your life. And I'll read that verse and then we'll pray. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, means, the word send there means, he commissioned him, he summoned him to come. He summoned him to come here. In my name, he shall teach you all things. He'll bring things to your remembrance. And whatever I have said unto you. That's why it's important to read the Gospels. Because he will bring back to you what Jesus said to you when you read it. Are you open? Are you willing? Are you ready? Father, we just thank you for your vision of bringing heaven to earth. We thank you for your word and your provision. And Lord, as we live our life day by day and moment by moment, and the experiences we go through that are stressful and sometimes just more than we can handle, we know you're there. And you're our comforter. You're our representative from heaven. And Holy Spirit, we just submit to your leadership, your teaching, your way, your power, and your ability. In Jesus' name, amen.